I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? and welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and I am so excited to finally say the words Emmy winner, Julia Nicholson. Ugh. And my name is Colin Drucker, and I can confidently say to the Emmy voters, you made the right decision. <laughs> yes, uh, it came uh, true. It came true. Oh, it came true. I was like, I'm looking at a screenshot of Julia Nicholson holding her Golden Globe, and I'm and I Anne Hathaway coo. It came true. <laughs> yes, her Golden Globe. You said, or excuse her me, Emmy. Golden Globe. Her Emmy. I guess. I I'm mean, just maybe. I mean, maybe a future Golden Globe. Maybe, maybe. you're a prophet here. Best supporting I mean, prophet. <laughs> best supporting prophet. Yeah, you know, watch your back, Abraham. That's right. Uh, I excuse me, Emmy. Though you know they're all wonderful, but yeah. Thank God. Thank God. I mean, really, when I think about it and when I look back, there's a lot of wins at the Emmys that I'm very excited about and I had all my hopes, you know, hanging on. But guest actor, you know, supporting actress in a limited series or a movie was the, the top, was the, was the most important category this season for me. I think it was the most exciting part of the night for me as far as like... Uh... You know, you want, obviously we wanted it to come true, but we respected and, you know, we we prepared for mm -hmm. a Katherine Hahn win and we support her. And in ways, I really am shocked that she Me won. Too. But it's it's almost like the, the Anthony Hopkins effect at the Oscars, too. It's like I I was beside myself when I found out. Um, oh. And we, you know, we had two of our friends over and they, they watched Mayor of Easttown. So we were all very, uh, very happy. Yeah, it it was. Oh, when I look back, it was just the the spread of recognition that I was hoping for. And uh, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I would have been okay if Catherine Hahn won because I, I in general, she's someone in Hollywood right now that I'm very excited by. They just announced that she's going to be playing Joan Rivers in a movie. I saw that. And I love that. I am all all day, any other year, any other time. I would cheer for Katherine Hahn, but I don't remember her crying on the kitchen floor in Easttown, Pennsylvania. That's yeah, all. Yes. Oh, gosh. Best supporting, like, freckle. She's such a freckle-faced, you know, uh, gem. I just, yeah. like, ugh. I just... I, there's a an event coming up. Um, it's called the Wig Out, and it's, uh, it's like, it supports uh, breast cancer, and uh, it supports, like, this wonderful organization in Pittsburgh that, you know, sort of supports that, and Keon and I are going, he's gone twice and I've never gone and we have to buy a wig. And part of me wants to buy, I want to like dress up as Julianne Nicholson and I, Tanya. <laughs> oh that, like, my wig God. Wig with the bangs and like the winter coat and just like <laughs> yes. look stern yes. and, uh, you know, ugh, withholding <laughs> the whole yeah. night and just see if anyone gets it, you know? Right. I mean, 
what how how much does it cost me for you to do that <laughs> i know like, I, I know like there's I'll so pay. many options like yeah. I, I don't even know what would you choose maybe you can take some time to think about it if you you know you dress in regular clothes but like the idea is mm-hmm. to just wear a crazy wig or you know Keon is all about it he's gonna get like I feel like he's gonna get like a lace front wig or something like that this oh, is yeah. his dream yeah right right he's long flowing down. beautiful yeah hair. yeah yeah there he is like wrapping the duct tape around his head you know in yeah. the bathroom yeah <laughs> exactly um, god yeah. I don't know I mean I assume I would default to some kind of mom hair you know what I mean at the end of the day yes. It would be something, you know, so whatever mom hair is, though, I know that's a, that's a, like a, a Marge category. Simpson, Marge Simpson it, hair. That I would could be go, great. I could be Marge. It'd be somewhere between Marge Simpson and Peggy Hill. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, or Peggy Bundy even. Yeah. Or Peggy like, Bundy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. I'm going to be thinking about this all night. You know, I'd probably just as close to Brenda Vaccaro as I can get. Sure. Let's be real. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well. But back um, to the Emmys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Back to the Emmys. Back to flipping our wigs. So indeed, the Emmys happened. If you're listening to this episode, you watch them or you're interested in them and you've heard us talking about them and we've had our our um, our predictions and our hopes and our expectations and our wish lists. And if I'm going to be honest, I think almost my entire wish list was met at these Emmys. Of all yeah. the wins that I wanted, I think almost all of them happened. I know. And there's there's part of that, of course, it's like we can't really talk about it without talking about, like, you know, the whitewashing of it all, especially, like, with The Crown. And it's, it's like The Crown is the whitest show that ever existed. And I, no. I stand firm that Tobias Menzies should not have won for that. I'm sure he is a lovely gent. But I mm. just like I watched that season. I watched his work that season. Um, you know, the most recent season, obviously, and like, and especially beating Michael K. Williams. I feel like that was like, you know, he just recently passed away, and he's great, and had this like legacy of like, you know, him being in The Wire and like all these mm-hmm. other great. He's, it just made sense to me in a way too. But like, yes, in a way, everything that we wanted came true. Um, yeah, and, yeah. When when was it? When Tobias Menzies won that they had that crowd shot and they showed Ann Dowd sitting there like what? <laughs> or was it? When yes, there was one shot where it was just like there was Ann Dowd sitting there. Yeah, like, it was huh? on someone's. Was it on someone's Instagram story today? I saw the exact same thing. It, it may have been. I think Mark. it was Evan it Peters. Been... I think it oh, might may- have been Evan Peters. Oh, I mean, I think I, maybe I, I maybe saw not. Mark stories, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I uh, I love that. I was like, yes, that there's there is the reaction. I don't even watch The Crown, but I, I what I did hear about it, and this does feel consistent, is that I guess for at the Creative Arts Emmys, <laughs> the guest actress in a drama went to. Uh, Claire Foy for like 90 seconds of oh my god I know uh, I, playing young Elizabeth if you had asked me was Claire Foy in, in season four of the crown I would have said no I do not even remember her at all it was I think there was one flashback where she was sitting at a typewriter it is crazy yeah I think I'd read she's just on a phone call and I yeah I mean, oh yeah she was addressing the nation or something maybe I, like, something like that it's sort of fascinating. Like it sort of falls into the header of like uh, my my favorite BSA nomination, Hermione Badley from A Room at the Top for two sure. and a half minutes of screen time. Yeah, and it's like really she has she has no impact on this movie. She's the sassy you know curvy friend, but 
I'm like, okay, sure. Give her a nomination. And that's what, when I read about this, I was like, okay. I mean, is it like, did she do Beatrice straight in six minutes? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. Is it a great 90 not. seconds? Yeah. She, she did, did not. not. So, so I guess, you know, it seems in line that there'd be kind of like surprise wins, including uh, Tobias Menzies. And I guess Olivia Coleman was also a yeah, surprise. Let's talk about that because I, I thought Emma had it in the bag. It's like she won every I'm, <laughs> Emma's outfit, the nails, oh, the nails. I mean, I, you know, it, it makes me think about the Met Gala where it's like you don't necessarily wear things that are fashionable or like easily like likable you wear things that get people talking you know i guess um, so it reminded me of like katya's outfit in all stars too like that swimmer outfit uh-huh. only hers her only hers was better hers <laughs> like, the colors better. were better like it, yeah. it, it was so bizarre there was like this facebook they're they're like all over the place it's like you know one of those things where it's like just text and it says like the sixth picture in your camera uh camera roll is that what it is yeah camera roll? Uh-huh. is is um it's like you've just died and the sixth person or sixth picture in your camera roll is what killed you and it was a picture of emma corin in that outfit yes <laughs> and yeah. i was like yeah that sounds about right those nails that sounds about right yeah. yeah um i know she looks like a haunted condom but i yes. i did not again i didn't watch the crown and so i was expecting her to win because she won every other award it's hard for me to not be excited for olivia just because i love olivia and she, of course, gave us a wonderful speech. And, you know, I want to put on a tote bag. And Michaela Cole, fuck yeah, <laughs> when she did that at the end. Yes, yes, uh, yes. I just swooned. But I know. I, I Yeah, it's a gift. Yeah, it's a gift. So, I mean, I can never be too disappointed if Olivia Coleman wins because, you know, she's she gets a pass every time. But I, I am starting, to, especially not watching The Crown, I am starting to feel like, okay, I just... There is that feeling of like I I want there to be some surprises in this category, like that sense of like, well, it's either going to be someone from The Handmaid's Tale or someone from The Crown. There's so many shows out there. It seems silly yeah. to nominate four people from the same show, you know. It just makes me feel like I don't know. You can like, what's the phrase I'm trying to think of here? That you can see through the cracks. What am I trying to say? That like that it's all just a business and it's all like yeah. people are just paid off to vote. Like because it was a right. big night for Netflix and Netflix has never taken home you know, best drama or best comedy. So like, I just feel like they put all of their money into campaigning Mm. or whatever it must have been. You know, they got some of that Emily in Paris money or whatever. But um, I, yeah, especially with that Claire Foy win, I'm like, this doesn't add up anymore. Like, I see what you're doing here and it's not, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it's like we, Ever, after every award show, we're always outraged. Not you and I, but like the world, you know, about like, oh gosh, they didn't win or it's just all a, you know, it's all rigged and it just, it truly is. <laughs> but like, right. sometimes I mean, some... it's rigged in your favor and or at least in our favor of who we like. And yeah. sometimes it's not. And that's that. It's very true. That's very true. I mean, I think it's a good context as we talk about this to remember that like, at the end of the day, when we say, oh, well, I'm so glad Julian Nicholson won, but oh, Catherine Hahn. It's like, well, it's it really isn't that Julian Nicholson was necessarily better than Catherine Hahn. It's just that the the promotion for her to win the award was better than Catherine Hahn's, you know, publicity or whatever. Like it, it there at the end of the day, you also, I mean, again, we, we talk about this all the time with awards. You ultimately can't compare these performances. Like, yeah. what are you even comparing? Like is, is the idea that you're comparing this performance feels like the crown, for example, 
is the is the accomplishment that they have so fully recreated these real life people. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't apply to the Handmaid's Tale, right? So, like, what's yeah. the accomplishment there? And you know, but to your point, it's whenever it's what I think of like season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race, and I think, well, sure, Sasha Valor only kind of half won two challenges, and then she lip synced her way to the crown. But that's who I wanted to win, so I don't care, you know. Yeah, I mean, I. It's like if it was up to me, Elizabeth Moss would win every year for The Handmaid's Tale. You know what I mean? Because it's like consistent. She's so great. And I know she's a Scientologist and it's controversial. Whatevs. You know what I mean? Like <sighs> it just just knowing what she does in that show. Same with Anne Dowd. You know, it's like it's I, I'm surprised Anne Dowd, is it, Anne Dowd isn't nominated more or hasn't won two already. But um, at the same token, too, I was I think I was saying this the night of the Emmys or maybe you and I have talked about it too is like if WandaVision had just ended like two months ago or three months ago Catherine Hahn would most certainly have won that Emmy award mm, yeah that's yeah like if maybe there's a timing thing as well of like yeah. how current that felt and you know I don't know I mean yeah it's all of those factors and you know right now this is not it, it's sort of related but it's not but I've been noticing on on social media I guess there's negotiations going on within kind of the, the production world of Hollywood I have and seen television. That, yeah. yeah. And, and I guess it's not going well, the conversations and yeah. they're considering like the willingness to strike. And, and at first I was reading about, I was seeing these posts and I was like, what are these Hollywood people being so dramatic about? But then someone was like, Oh, if you want to kind of know what the problems are, you can kind of go to this Instagram account and you can read these stories. And I was like, okay, well let's find out what's going on. And then as I'm reading about it, I was like, this is awful. You yeah. guys work in awful conditions. This is ridiculous. And yes. and I and I guess it was just kind of like in line with remembering like it none of all of this is the fantasy that we want it to be from the production of it to the promotion of it to the awards of it. Like none of it is the fantasy that we want because like yeah. the reality is like you know, I was reading this one story where they, basically the point was someone was saying there is the money to pay people when you're spending $30,000 a day for, you know, or $30,000 on flowers for the lead actress just to keep her happy. Then there's the money to pay production assistants, etc. And that one in particular stuck with me. And I was like, oh, yeah, some of these people, including some of these people that we quote unquote love or who performances that we love are terrible people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of and, course. Um, I don't know. I, I, maybe that's a tangent, but maybe that ties into Elizabeth Moss being a Scientologist. But it's like just having to remember that, like, there's such a huge like iceberg underneath. Even the you know the Emmys is it like at the peak of it, and then underneath it is like all of this other stuff, all the egos, all of the work, all of the like you know union nonsense, you know, and 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 problems going on, like. Uh, there's so much more than like, oh, Catherine Hahn, you know, wasn't the best actress of the year, you know? Yeah. First of all, when you said um, $30,000 in flowers, I don't know why, but it made me think of the hours when Meryl walks into that flower shop and goes, flowers. Oh, <laughs> with God, Eileen I Atkins. Of I course. love that. Oh, gosh. I mean, uh, I we need to revisit the hours. Uh, and just buckets of hydrangeas or something like that. She has some line yes, like yes, that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, I just love ri- ri- rich women buying flowers and right? you know with scarves. I want to yes. work there. That's what I want to do. But well, I don't want to work there. I just want to hang out there, you know. Yeah. But well there's that one. I think his name's like Rodney or something. Oh, there's yeah, a, there's, like, the there's the gay <laughs> 
The assistant, yes. the gay who works with Eileen Atkins in the hours. That's oh, who I want to be. That's yeah. exactly it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but the other thing too is like, uh, if you think about it, it's it's the same thing with corporate America. It's like you know, it's like the one percent, and then there's everyone else who like works their ass off all the way down to you know like call centers. You know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. the same hierarchy. It's the it's the it's like why do people need 40 million like actors need 40 million dollars for a movie just to make you know to to prove that they're like the highest paid actor like i you know easier said than done of course but like i i would like to think that if i ever got to that point like where i was acting in movies or doing anything with movies writing or producing or whatever it happened to be like i just i'd be like no i think i think i'm good with like just give me a million or like give me like 500 I, i what do you do with that money what do you do with it I don't know. I mean, that's it. It is. It's and maybe it's even more appropriate in like 2021 to start of like start to like look at those cracks and go, yeah, this is pretty fucked up. This world that we live in where we pay where we pay someone 20 million dollars an episode to film a 21 minute sitcom. You know what I mean? Like, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's. Oh gosh, it's I, I I think a switch turns. You know, you think of like you know not to bring it back to Drag Race, but it 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 makes sense in the scenario where like you know drag queens before they get on Drag Race and versus when they're off Drag Race and like you know the level of like I'm not putting on drag for less than ten thousand dollars a night. Uh-huh. You know, and, and and like but it's just it just naturally progresses. Like you start getting you know commercials and you start you know maybe you start a podcast or whatever it happens to be or you go on tour and then you're used to a certain level of. Uh, I guess, comfort or sophistication or whatever it is or being treated a certain way and then you just get used to it. And I, I'm fascinated by it, but, like, I I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know where my I, thoughts are going, but, you know, that's the end of that. That, as they I, say, is that. That, as they say, is that, yeah. <laughs> uh, we're being played off right now. No, yeah. I, as you were saying that, what I was thinking of is, and this is, again, probably tangential of that, but... I was listening to a recent episode of Bald and the Beautiful and Trixie was talking about, um, I guess it was her birthday recently. Yes, she went I to just Lisa listened Vander- to it today. That's uh-huh. why it's on my mind. Yes, go yeah, on, Yeah, she on. went to Lisa Vanderpump's house with, with or where he went with his boyfriend and they went there and had dinner and he was talk, telling these stories about Lisa Vanderpump and was telling them so casually that there was this part of me that was kind of waiting for Trixie to be like, to acknowledge how crazy all of that was or how like like to act like that's casual feels like an act and and i was like no i guess this is just your life now i guess this is just normal i mean i i imagine less culturistas it's probably similar where yeah you know years ago they might talk about what their lives and the people in their lives in a certain way but now they can you know casually talk about celebrities who they are friends with and yes um, yes and i i have to say like whenever Whenever I I think that the the milk starts to turn once somebody starts saying things like once they say oh well my good friend you know Rita Wilson when yes. they have to always let you know that you're their friends and that they are somehow connected to celebrities oh my friends in that and then you have to ask uh-huh. who's your friend oh, oh Rita Wilson God. I love oh, that we're using Rita rapping Rita, Rita. <laughs> poor Rita I know poor I Rita. love rapping. it though well I that's think... what she gets for rapping yeah that's right it's like uh you know Glenn and Debut, but I think Rita came out more like l- more unscathed I guess uh, uh than Glenn did from that I mean yeah Dublin's I think... was having a field day with Debut, but uh it's great yeah, I mean, I'll I'll take Glenn doing the butt over Rita 
doing the rap any day. But uh, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just that thing. It's that it's exactly that. That it's it's everywhere in New York as well. Um, I, where someone was like, "Oh my god, oh yeah," so I'm friends with so and so, or "Oh, I worked with her once," and people, "Oh my god, this is the worst." Whenever people have some interaction with a celebrity or they want to like kind of make it sound like, Oh, this person's in my life. They inevitably go to, Oh my God. She's just like the nicest person. Oh my God. She's so sweet and like so down to earth. And you give these celebrities like all of this credit for being a basic human being. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she didn't like spit in my face once. It was just like so nice. Like who she's an actress. And I, that's part of my sexuality. Actress sexual is what I identify with first. And I still don't think these people are anything other than someone who puts their pants on one leg at a time every day, you know? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. I just, people who think that you get, like, the same boner they do over celebrity name dropping, I just can't get together with it. Yeah, it's like the psychology of that or feeling like you're connected to something or feeling yeah. that that's, that's like clouts that you know someone and sometimes they pretend to be coy about it. They're like, I hate to name drop, but I'm going to do it anyway mm-hmm. at the same time. It makes me think of, um, there was an episode of Oprah and I only know this because Keon is a huge fan of Oprah um, and he's shown me many YouTube videos. Of, like There was like a family, they weren't, Amish, I don't believe, but they were, they were, it might have been Amish actually, but they didn't have a television. So they had no idea who Oprah was. Mm-hmm. No idea. And I was just like, wow, I, I don't even know what that would feel like. But to, to just walk up to someone, because I feel like in general, like celebrities always do like when they're, when, you know, I feel like when celebrities are like looking for someone to date or something that they really like when the, you know, whoever they're on a date with has no idea who they right. are or something like that. Right. And obviously, you know, the A list celebrities, you can't get by with that but like you know other other people um i don't know it's interesting um you were talking about less culturistas and i i I thought about um uh joel kim booster wrote that uh it's i think it wrapped filming but uh a movie called fire island yeah i'm excited for that i am too i'm curious to see kind of i mean because obviously it's you know all about queer people on fire island and so there's that feeling of like okay how how are you gonna represent like i know the stories you're gonna tell i know the material you're plumbing from so how are you gonna represent it in this movie you know what i mean no yeah it's like the stakes have never been higher in a way yeah yeah like uh that show the other two you know there i feel like there is oftentimes there'll be these like these gay things that'll come up and i'm like okay, I love this show because you're acknowledging that that's real, you know? And yeah. then there's other shows where I'm just, you know, I mean, the the classic one for any sort of, like, gay, like, romance is like, oh, so you're just, like, ready to bottom anytime, right? Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Boy, this definitely is a movie. And that always, uh, I just never understood that. But, um, but, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm anticipating with Fire Island is, like, okay, how... How much are you going to pull back the curtain? You know. Yeah, I, I'm. I have high hopes. I, I trust him to write something really funny, but also really. I'm, I'm hoping there's some sort of. I don't know. Uh, I'm sure it'll have a lot of heart. I'm sure it'll have a lot of humor. But I, I do want some drama. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I want. I, I'm interested to see. Like, I'm assuming he's in it, but maybe not. I, I, I would imagine he would be in it. But like, I, I just hope that like Bowen's the lead character. That's like all I want yeah. in, in life yeah. is just to see more Bowen Yang. And, and maybe that's our segue back into the Emmys, Colin, because Bowen yeah. Yang 
as fabulous as ever. Um, you know, I, there was one, th as far as that best supporting actor category for Ted Lasso, I mean, obviously you've not seen all of season one, but I know that you do love a one Mr. Brett Goldstein, and who doesn't really? He's oh, just such just a goose. Monkey man. He a loves the Muppets. And a monkey. And he loves the Muppets. He's, I mean, there is, for anyone, I, we've, I've talked about this a few times, but yes, my my ideal man, the, clo the more you look like a monkey, the more interested I am. And Brett Goldstein is uh, throwing banana peels at me. He is <laughs> solid 8 out of 10 monkey man, uh, loves the Muppets. I, I Again, I, you're right. I don't watch that much Ted Lasso. Best supporting actor is usually not you know, a category I'm that invested in. There were so many Ted Lasso guys that I kind of expect there were. them all to like, you know, uh, sometimes that like they all shut each other out, you know, when there's too many of them in category. But yes, yes. I, I also think, you know, Ted Lasso is the, is the Shit's Creek of 2021. So, you know, yeah, there's no stopping I guess, it. Yeah, minus, I guess, uh, a one Jean Smart winning for Best Lead Actress. And that was just, it was uh, great. Expected, but also you never know. You never know. Never if Kelly know. Cuoco could have, you know, jumped right? in there, and there's always that concern. But indeed, she did win, and it was great. Yeah, and you know, that's one where it's like we've talked about this. Where I mean, I think Kelly Cuoco is amazing in the flight attendant. I think it's it, that performance is so much more than I expected. I think that I mean, how do you compare Gene Smart and Kelly Cuoco? Kelly Cuoco has to have like a nervous breakdown every episode. Yes, and you know, Gene Smart is you know. A, a veteran comedian in Las Vegas. So it's very different. Uh, but I, I think Kelly Cuoco has got a lot more opportunities. If this is the work that she's doing in the flight attendant, she's got a lot more opportunities to win an Emmy. And I, you know, I mean, I think with Jean smart, there's also like the narrative of like her husband passing away and like, sure. You know, there's that, you want, this is Hollywood and you want that fairy tale story of like, but Jean kept working and she won and she's been recognized and celebrated. And, you know, this is an award show, but it's also TV and we want to, and that's, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so we want those moments, you know? Of course, of course. Yes. It's like, um, and I just love you know, the, the recognition, not only to get the award, but also just like everyone was on their feet because they yeah. all love Jean. They've all probably worked with Jean at some point. And it's just, it was really exciting for her to just stand there and just yeah. soak it in for a moment. I know. I, I, when she Take was, it in. you know, yeah, yeah. Like soak it in. Uh, soak it up and take it in. Soak what soak up? Soak it up, yeah. <laughs> soak what up? Uh, I did like when, you know, when she was like in uh, Hannah Einbinder, Einbinder, and I was like, ugh. I how know. Great, how lucky Hannah Einbinder is that she yes. has to like work with Gene Smart that closely. Like, ugh. That's who I'm most jealous of, honestly. <laughs> yes. I mean, and, and as far as even just like writing and um, maybe mm. directing, but you know, the ever yep. handsome Paul W. Downs and um, the other two women that I can't remember, of course. But, you know, oh. um, I, I'm just glad to see. I'm glad to see. And maybe this is, you know, ageist of me to say, but like some young blood. I don't know. It made me excited to not see like an old guy. Not that old guys shouldn't get Emmys. You know what I mean? It was, mm -hmm. I, I just feel like, I don't know, especially, you know, Paul W. Downs is sort of like of the broad city, you know, graduating class. So to see him go from that to this is just really cool. I love watching that. Yeah, I know there's that sense of when you see him in like the first season of Broad City and it's like that guy? Wow. Okay. Like, yeah. You almost think like wow, if somebody did a show like that where they're kind of like I mean, I rem I always remember from one of the early seasons there's some I think Abby finds a tape of like 
him in the pool, like doing yes, some like yes. audition With or that something. Crazy wig, yeah, and he's like yeah. fucking an inflatable pool toy yes yeah and it ends with him like sniffing his armpit and going i stink i always remember that like that's the <laughs> end of that little video and that always stuck with me and i'm like wow you just won an emmy uh just yeah. to name because i i feel like it's appropriate we should uh, yes thank you so writing for a comedy series uh paul w downs jen statsky and lucia aniello aniello and then lucia aniello won for best directing which was cool she seems was like cool. really cool yeah, and that's why I wanted to mention her because I love that she was like, you know, there's this great moment for for women in television, and how ironic the prompter is telling me, please stop. So, yes, uh, I guess I'll stop. It was there was a sense with them where it was like they were they're young, they're closer to our age, they're fresh voices, fresh points of view. They're you know when you watch Hacks, you can tell that they're paying attention to in the script and the direction and the casting, like it's all very progressive in terms of from diversity in casting to subject matter to just like the, the, the freshness of the jokes and not relying on old humor and, and all of that. It, it does feel a bit like with hacks that it, it's kind of a new guard. It's kind of like, I love the idea that these are the people making Emmy winning television right now. Uh, you know what I mean? Where it's like, it's not that old stodgy white guy. Um, yes. You know, not yeah. to, not to allude to the director of the Queen's Gambit, but oh god, was that the guy who just kept yeah. going? Oh my right. god! Yeah, you know, to quote Michaela Cole, "Don't be afraid to disappear." You know, <laughs> I mean, and we'll get to that. But yes, we will. You know, but and we'll get to him too. But I, I just there was that excitement of like, oh, cool. I it's kind of like when you see a, a, a like an AOC or another like young politician, you're like, oh, thank God, like. This is what we need. We need younger people, you know? And I kind of love, yes, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, I think that one of the things I loved is that like Ted Lasso might have won best comedy, but the best writing is Hacks and the best directing went to Hacks. I think that yeah. also speaks, you know, it might have the best people as far as casting or performances, but like there's also a lot of great things. I would have loved if Hacks won like best comedy. It would have been so crazy and so great. Oh, and no. but, but I do love, it's kind of like how I felt. I mean, we'll get to Mayor versus the Queen's Gambit too. Yeah. So, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself. But maybe while we're on the subject of writing too, it's, you know, you, the aforementioned Michaela Cole winning. I mean, it is just... yes. It's kind of what we had hoped for, maybe slash expected. Like, if she's not going to win for acting, the show's not going to win. Right. It has to be this. It has to. And I really feel like, and this has been my my take on it, is if you really think about it, Michaela Cole winning for writing for I May Destroy You is probably the most meaningful win. Yes. Because if you think about it, like, she wrote this show from her own experience, she did the Carrie Fisher thing of turning her heartbreak into art. You know what I mean? Oh, she created yes. this uh, this show. She created this opportunity. She created this movement. Like she she, all of it started from writing. You know, I mean, that's the first place the story starts. You know, in terms, and we see that even in the show is uh, is her character. You know, Arabella like sitting down and having to write the story. And yes, so there's something so meaningful that a, a show all about a woman telling her story is then a war that that woman who then created that show telling her own story wins the Emmy you know what I mean like it's to me I wanted this more than I wanted her to win for best actress actress yes. is great but like this is the accomplishment to me and yeah. 
uh, it was the recognition I wanted her to get. And you could tell that, like, there were so many people in the audience that were like, ugh, thank God somebody got it right, you know? Yes, it was one of the few that, like, I, I felt so... I don't know. I just, I just felt like I won, and you know, like everyone yeah. won mm-hmm. because it was like you, you did pick the right person. And I love the drama of like her and Cynthia Revo just sitting there, and like I didn't know oh. if she was. A, I thought it was like a Tyra Sanchez moment where she was like too emotionally like. Like she couldn't get on stage, right. but she was just looking at, I think it was a little bit of that and also looking for her speech in her like clutch. You know what I mean? I yeah, think she was like, yeah. help me, Cynthia, help me find this speech. And then she did. Uh, and it was great. And she was poised and beautiful and intelligent. And I, I love her and I can't wait to see what she does next. I agree. Well, she just wrote a book that's coming out soon called Misfits that I think <gasps> yes, yes, uh, yes. I just stumbled on. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, add it to the list. Yeah. You know what I was thinking of is I, the way that Cynthia Revo was kind of like supporting uh, Michaela Cole at that moment, it reminded me of, and I feel like you would know this because you know awards shows and second <laughs> speeches, is Taraji P. Henson with Viola Davis. Oh, that <laughs> hug. <laughs> And when she stands and keeps applauding, like I thought, oh, this is this yes. is. I love that. I love yes, this. that I I need that gif. I need to put yeah. that on my rotation because it is so. It's like an aggressive hug because like she yeah. beat Taraji, but like I don't think Taraji cares because it's like you know, it's uh, it's a monumental moment. It's a yeah, oh, and they they right. say something to each other. What did they say? I don't know. Oh, I know. What did they what say? What was whispered? Right. I know. It's like, I don't care what Bill Murray whispered to Scarlett Johansson at the end of Lost in Translation. I want to know what Taraji P. Henson <laughs> and Viola Davis said to each <laughs> yes. other in that moment. That's all I care about. I um, was just, but, I was just, yeah. uh, uh, when I was, um, when we were watching the, the ceremony, I was just like, I feel like Viola Davis should just be at every award show. Like, I just missed mm-hmm. her presence in a way. I was like, I think she needs to be there. That's all I want to say, really. I yeah. know she wasn't nominated for anything, but I, I just feel like she's a staple. You know, like Jack Nicholson at the Oscars. Put her, put her mm-hmm. in the front row. Right. Like, love you, Conan, but if it was Viola Davis jumping on stage or saluting the president of the Television Academy, I'd, I'd be fine with that, too, you know? Oh, but I, I did love the Conan thing, though. I, I really do love Conan. I think Keon got it. I mean, I always knew, obviously knew who Conan was, and I watched his show, but, like, I, I thought that was, like, such a great bit. He was being an asshole, but also, like... I don't, it, it was funny. I feel like it would be funny, but like, cause he lost, he lost. So, so it's great. And it was his and last the show season. show is over. Yeah. I felt like it was someone who had nothing to lose at this point. And yeah. Why not? There has to be that sense too, that right. Like once you're, you know, cause I'm sure, I'm sure a long time ago, Conan could have retired comfortably. Yeah. And now his show is done and he can probably do whatever he wants. I know he has the podcast and all that, but like, I wonder if there's that sense of I don't have to play the Hollywood game anymore. Yeah, none of this to, is real. None, none of this, this is, is real. real. I mean, I know that there were feelings about Seth Rogen, but like it's I like that he called out at the very beginning of like, what are we doing? Are we really doing this? Yes. Or should I we not be loved doing this? what he was wearing, by the way. I know that's like it doesn't matter and it does matter. I loved his suit. But yes, back to what he was actually saying. Yeah, it's uh Yeah. They're ridiculous I, award shows. Award shows, you know, it's it's yeah, it's but we it's love all it. Ridiculous. We're talking about it now. We have a podcast about it. Like it's right, and, it's and a, you can have God. both at the same time. You could it can be ridiculous and you can celebrate it at the same time. I think it's the perspective of like, oh yeah, this was you know I love all this stuff, but at the end of the day, none of it's real. You know, 
I'm always fascinated, like, when I go back to work on Monday, like, even when I was in the office, like, no one watches this stuff. It's like, Mm -hmm. I thought everyone watched it because it's so important to me and such a part of my life that, like, you know, I had a meeting on Monday or something and, like, people were talking about, you know, the, the banter at the beginning of a meeting and... I almost said, like, did anyone watch the Emmys? But I didn't because I knew that no one did. I'm like, These, right. this is not where I belong here. But, you know, I belong there for now. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, let them, it's not the let most important thing. But, like, I need to celebrate Michaela Cole with someone at work. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. What am I doing with myself if I can't come into yeah. work and go, she got it! And have <laughs> them know what exactly. I mean. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, you know, speaking of other she got it, you know, maybe we... we talk you know obviously um not a huge surprise that hannah waddingham won for best supporting actress in a comedy uh i know that you were kind of gunning for juno temple and maybe it'll be juno's turn next year you know what i mean i don't know i i i am always more it's complicated i have a complicated relationship with rebecca the character but i do know that hannah waddingham is great she looked radiant she uh, was having such a good time and i i I, I I loved it, and I loved that. I think it was during Brett Goldstein's speech where it cuts back to her, and she's just like sitting back, her Emmys on the table, and she's just like laughing, watching him talk. And I thought, this woman right now is having the best night of her life. Yep, one hundred percent. And I, I, yeah. I, I I'm interested to know more about her. It's like to any listeners out there, even in the UK, or that know, and like yeah, like I, I think I've said it before. Like she played the witch in the Central Park production of Into the Woods, and she, mm. you know, there's there's all of these uh, notable performances, both in the West End and like over in the States too, that like make me love her even more. So like I I can't completely be you know upset about it i I love you know i love a theater gal and she is one through and through and i love that she had that shout out to west end performers and hire more of them for television because they won't let you down i I, that is you know that's the way to my heart i it's it's i i do love her a lot i just wanted juno temple to win that's all Sure, I hear that. I um, I did like when RuPaul expectedly won for for sure, best host. Sure, yes, yes. They have a little bit of an interaction as he's walking by her, and she kind of does <gasps> kind of like see a, it. a bowing at him. Oh, it's so. Oh, cute. Hannah does. Hannah, Hannah does. Oh, yes, sorry, yes, Hannah. I do. Yeah, yeah, not you know Hannah. Yeah, it's very sweet, and I just thought, oh, she gets it. Yeah, Drag Race UK season four, Hannah Waddingham guest host, or guest judge, excuse me. Like oh. Or Juno Make, Temple, I would love or, that or too. Both, or both, or oh. both, you know? Uh, but yeah, so, and I think, you know, that's funny. That's one of those things with, with celebrities and Hollywood folks and whatnot is when I find out that they're fans of RuPaul's Drag Race, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, they're not terrible people, you oh, know? Like, they're course. not monsters, you know? Uh, that's a humanizing moment. And I do love when Hannah won, like, how just, like, overwhelmed with joy and emotion yeah. that Juno was for her. Like, I think that it's, like, it's such a shared... Because they're, like, kind of linked at the hip, you know, the two of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that they're I, – I just, like, I want to go, you know, to a weekend in a cottage with them and just, like, you know, snuggle up with a blanket and just drink wine and gossip and laugh and, you know, yeah. talk about life, yeah. love, and other mysteries. Like, the, it's it's clear. <laughs> right. It's, like, inst- it's it's tea with the dames, but it's Juno Temple, Hannah Waddingham, yes. Jillian Anderson, and Olivia Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh Olivia, um, I just know that Olivia. I just know she's everything you want her to be. I know, I know. She, I, I feel that's what's feel so like appealing. She, she and Ann Dowd, I think, are everything I want them to be. Yep. You know, yes. I fully believe it. 
you know, side note, I, I just saw someone who I'm friends with on Facebook, but I don't really, he's like a theater person that I briefly was connected to years ago, but he posted pictures from some screening <gasps> in New York of Mass yesterday where Ann Dowd was there, and guess who hosted the screening? I can't wait. It was Lois Smith. Oh, my God. I was like, how did I miss this? How did I goddamn miss this? How do we get this? there? How do, like, what do we have to do to get that, that like, to get a press pass for that? You know, know what I mean? Like, or that's, was that's it just, the goal. Or was it just, or was it just, could I have gone? Yes. Could I have just gotten a ticket? And I think the answer is yes. Uh, and it, well, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart because can you imagine? I mean, I would have had to bite my tongue and then say, all right, I have a story for you. I would have had to save it for the public. Oh, I would have had an aneurysm really i, I mean we'll put that energy out there it's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's gonna it happen. Will happen yes i i will be in the same room as mass and doubt and lois smith <laughs> at some point in my life <laughs> oh god yes i i i can't even imagine I, I can't wait for it i just can't wait i know it's only a couple weeks october 6th oh my god i know um, where where else should we go? I, I do want to. This is like a total like it doesn't. You know, there's no there's no segue here. But we need to talk about it. Jennifer Coolidge and presenting the award for best lead actor. I you know like if your tagline is Tony Collette and Hereditary, let mine be Jennifer Coolidge at the 2021 Emmys. Oh <laughs> yes, she she oh. really I and I felt like what I was thinking about when I saw her. I was thinking about her talking about not wanting to take the role in the white lotus and saying how she was like i you know think that's so eat, often yes yes yeah i was eating four pizzas a day i was just sitting home doing nothing and I, you know that's the last thing i wanted you know there's that sense like we all know metaphorically or literally what that feels like to be yeah. four pizzas in at home on the couch we know what you're talking about and so to kind of it's kind of like you know how it started and where you know how it's going i love that like Cut to Jennifer Coolidge looking amazing and being hilarious at the Emmys. It was just, it was so good. Her timing, her presence, like comedically, are unmatched because yeah. to the to the, you know, the untrained eye, she might have looked like a bumbling sort of maybe possibly nervous presenter. But it's mm -hmm. all and, and maybe there was a smidge of that. Like that might have been a piece of the pie. But like. Even just like her saying, what does she say? She's like, all of these men have one thing in common. And then like she takes a pause, perfectly timed pause, but it kind of like mumbles a little bit. She's like, what is it? What is it? And she kind of looks around and like, like the best support, like the assistant to the BSA and that in that situation is Tracy Ellis Ross in the mm -hmm. audience, captivated by her. Give Tracy yeah. Ellis Ross an Emmy. Like, I think... That's going to be yeah. some sort of like, I don't know, like um, uh, a sort of, oh, goodness gracious, um, Don Draper. Steve Carell in The Office. Yeah, Steve Carell in The Office, but also like yeah. um, uh, John Hamm John winning Hamm. finally at the last season. You know, like, I just think she's so great. And like the clips that they show of her, I've, I've seen Blackish, uh, you know, at least a couple episodes of it. And I, I just, I, she's nominated almost every year. I think I would love to see that one year and hopefully it's sooner than later. I just love her a lot. And, but back to Jennifer, I just, I was so into it. I love her yeah. so much. She was great. And I, I, you know, it's weird with the timing because it feels like the next Emmys would be so far away. But I think right now yes. we all have the expectation that she will be, you know, in the, in the, I guess I don't, will it be supporting actress in a drama series or a comedy for the white? That's Lotus? a real, I, I think it's going to be one of those orange is the new black comedies, 
you know, uh-huh. like the transparent yeah. comedies. Like, yeah. Because it has that wink, I guess, a little bit. It's not entirely a drama, but like, I think I think she's going to be a BSA. I, she has to. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I think it's that, that it's that recency thing. We don't know what's going to come out in the next year. You know, like I feel like that's I kind of love that experience. You, you always see, you know, we always see it on Twitter and social media in general where there will be an amazing performance like this. You know, Mayor of Easttown was a moment, uh, the White Lotus and where everyone is like, that's it. This is our Emmy winner next year. This is it. This is the performance to beat. And then six months later, it's like, oh my god, yeah, I remember that. But like, you have yeah, a new obsession. I'm nervous about that. Yeah, uh-huh. like I, 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 it was so. Maybe they didn't know it was going to be such a cultural phenomenon. You know, you always hope for it, of course, too. But like, is it gonna, is it gonna be like the WandaVision of yeah, next I don't know. year? Well, Ugh. I mean, and then at the same time, then there's the Queen's Gambit that came out seven years ago and just won an Emmy. So, I mean, that was, and I will say, like, because everyone, I'm glad that they, they, you know, distributed the wealth. I was fine with the Queen's Gambit winning Best Limited Series. I didn't need Mayor or I May Destroy You to win it because I needed Mayor to win for acting and it did. Yes, yes, yes. And we'll talk about that. And I I wanted Michaela Cole to get recognized for her writing. And when it came to directing, I mean... Man, that I don't. Th- this doesn't happen every year where they try to play them off and it just doesn't work, and they have to try again. Like that happened a few times this year, but the most egregious was the director. I think his name is Scott Frank of the Queen's Gambit, who uh, was like, "Yeah, turn two up pages. the music." Two I knew pages. we were in trouble with two pages. I knew yeah. it. I knew it. And just the way that he said it. Yeah. Like, there's a way that if you're, like, overwhelmed with emotion or if you're not looking at a piece of paper, but it's just like, right. shut. He was like, shut up already. I got more to read here. And then he just kept. <sighs> Awful. The only person, I, I read someone, I think on Twitter said this, the only person who's allowed to say, turn off the music that year is Debbie Allen. She was the only one who could yes. do that. Ugh. Yeah. And and I agreed with that. I was like, yeah, you just went through a whole montage of her amazing career. Cut one of Cedric's terrible skits and give her another 90 seconds, you know? Yeah, give it to Debbie. Give it yeah. to Debbie. Yeah. I, Not but yet, Scott Frank. Oh, it just God. made me immediately dislike him. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it is shitty to say, like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, he's just a director. And, like... But he didn't do himself any favor, you know, because like you, you want to see more of like the A-list celebrities talk. You want to see those like natural sort of like viral moments of like, but it's mm-hmm. always more exciting and thrilling and um, I guess relatable when they're not reading off a piece of paper. You know what I mean? It's, it's right. Uh, uh, and it just kept, it kept going. It, it just, just kept, kept going. going. It was, I mean, I think it's an interesting thing, these, you know, the Emmys, because it is, we, and I, we were because while we were watching this, we had our, our group chat with Jody and Amanda, which I just loved because it was like, yes, God, I feel like I'm watching this with people, and I know you were actually with people, but I was just with my cat and a bowl of popcorn, so I loved it. <laughs> and I, um, but you know, when I texted this while we were all kind of watching, but I was like, you know, the thing with award shows is like these speeches, like more often than not, I don't care about all these thank yous that feel perfunctory like I have to do this or else I'll be in trouble with my agent to me it's like wouldn't it be more meaningful to like thank those people in person in a meaningful way I I almost feel like these speeches it's like this is tv 
This isn't like, so there are certain folks, you know, I think John Oliver was a great example of just an amazing speech that was entertaining and funny and heartfelt and thanked people and was real. And I was like, I kind of, I know I can't tell people what to say in their acceptance speech, but like, if I'm going to sit here for three and a half hours, I just, I hope there's a little, there's a little bit more meat on these bones. You yeah. Know? That's the template there. Yeah. Everyone should yeah. just. Uh, yeah, I was I was not a fan of that at all. And, and I, I think there's no real, because they played him off like two or three times. I was three like, times. get the hint. I could yeah. see if like, I may never be up here again, so I need to say this. Like, I feel like Julia Roberts said that in her Oscar speech. Like, uh, you know, and that's like, it's so, you know, it's it's exactly what needs to be said, you know, because I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of times too, it's like, this might be my one chance to actually say something like this. But if you're going to say something, say something. I'm like, right. that's the new New York subway thing. If, if you are going to say something, say something. Right. Then just say something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. then it's true. I mean, cause there's also like that feeling of, you know, these people, when people are like unprepared, I'm kind of like, well, that's silly. Like you knew that there was a, at least a small possibility that you'd be standing in front of, you know, tech, you know, millions of people, so to speak, on a televised, you know, award show giving a speech. Come mildly prepared. I don't know. I whenever I see that, or or when people come prepared with a speech that's going to take three minutes, it's like you know how these shows work. Don't create yeah. that moment. You know, I don't know because I I have sympathy for the people who are running the show and are like fuck the news has to start at 11 what are we going to do right now you know yeah. like oh, I, gosh. I i i do are scrambling feel, behind the scenes yeah so i do feel like it's a little like for some multi-million dollar millionaire you know director to stand up there and be like uh whatever i have more things to read i might do page speech like it's just so selfish and yeah and obviously, yeah, being this like middle-aged white guy, it's like, well, Jesus Christ, this is a little on the nose, isn't it? You know, when when Michaela Cole takes twenty-five seconds and you take two and a half minutes, something's wrong here. Yeah. Oh gosh, I think back to all like the Rolodex of um, acceptance speeches. I mean, one of my favorites, I think I've sent it to you, is Sandra O oh when she wins a Golden Globe and she's like, I, 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 I feel like someone set me on fire. <laughs> Yeah, it's like I one mean, of my favorite moments. It's like yes, yeah, Ugh. that's great. And she just uh, like walks up there because there there is something different. Like on the flip side of that, it's like the people that never expect to win that do win, where you do get that like bolt of electricity that is like sent through their body, and mm-hmm. you get these magic moments. I mean, I think Olivia Coleman winning over Glenn. Yes, that yes, felt real. Example. Yeah, yes. that. I mean, obviously, yeah, I make an exception for that moment because it was. I was like, that's. We all were expecting Glenn to win. Everybody was like, oh, finally. And uh, that's, I think, one of my favorite Oscar moments. I love that there's a gif of them having to like help her up out of her chair. So oh, I know. <laughs> it's, um, it's great. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of of uh, Olivia Coleman, obviously no surprise her co-star Gillian Anderson won for the crown. <laughs> uh, the crown, the crown, which I think really just kind of completed. Um, I think she won the, the 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 every other award for this category, humanly possible. So I think she just kind of completed her cycle, and I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Like, great. I think if I watched the crown and I was invested in it, I'd probably be really excited about it. Sure, she's got she's got the E and the O of her EGOT, and I I support that. Yeah. All right. Well, just waiting for that, waiting for those jazzy standards to come out and nab herself a Grammy. Yeah, she'll probably do something really, 
like I, I just want her to do something really like perfect for Broadway that like you and I can both go see. We'll mm. save all our pennies and mm-hmm. go like get some great seats and uh, uh. watch her like a Tony winning performance and you know probably some I don't know I I picked like an Ibsen play or like Shakespeare right, or something right. something uh, you know I I I sense a play more than a musical obviously but uh, you never know. Um, and then yeah. she'll probably narrate a children's book and be an EGOT in her lifetime. That That is my prediction. I think that's yeah. what it's going to be, narrating a children's book. Yeah, like sure. if she, because I, you know, I, I've mentioned this before. I saw the National Theater production that they televised of Streetcar Named Desire, and she was amazing sure. in that. So, I mean, at what point do we get Gillian Anderson as Martha in Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, you know? Yes, yes, yes. I was talking about Olivia. Uh, oh, we think Olivia. About? Sorry, oh. yeah, I, I I I switched over. You switched sorry. over. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, oh, Olivia. If Coleman. I said Jillian Anderson, I'm sorry. I'm I am drinking a glass of wine tonight as we record. So oh, it could be it could okay. be the wine. But I I I switch gears to Olivia. I I think that you know, but really both of them could. You know, well, but uh, yeah. you know, Jillian needs her Oscar, but who knows where she'll get that? You know, yeah, it's always oh, fun to true. speculate. That's a conversation that's... I could have for like six hours. Just like everyone submits three. <laughs> prestige actresses into a bowl and then we all talk <laughs> about right, like, yeah. you know the the egot game uh, i mean i would mm-hmm. love that that is my yeah. party yeah the how will she get her egot yeah yes um yes. oh i love that but anyway yes well if we're if we're jumping around actresses i hope they all get to play martha and who's afraid of virginia wolf let's let's talk about the mayor of East Town trio that won. Yes, so please. Uh, they there was no lead actor in a in a limited series or or lead you know or movie for Mayor of East Town. I don't and I don't even know who they would have even picked. It certainly wasn't Guy Pierce. Um, it, it was not a men's story. So I'm I I'm glad that there yeah, was yeah. you know I didn't I wasn't expecting that kind of sweep. But I also I can't say that I was fully expecting Evan Peters to win. And I was thrilled about it. I mean, for that drunk scene alone, I am so okay with this. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it when we did our Mayor of Easttown episode. Just like playing drunk is is such a... Uh, it, there's so many levels of drunk. It's like, what kind of drunk are you? Are you playing funny? Are you playing mean? Are you playing depressed? It's it, And I have never been more impressed with anyone than I have been with Evan Peters playing drunk and 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 i i told you that like story behind the scenes where he like cried mm-hmm. after he recorded that because he thought it was just garbage and i was like whoa i you know yeah. if he's feeling that then i guess maybe i'm a little better off than i thought i was <laughs> you know what i mean when people right. like you you just don't expect but everyone is everyone's a big ball of nerves but i will say this as they were listing the nominees i was like oh how great would it have been for Papa Esiedu to win for um, I May Destroy You? I thought that would just be like such a moment. And I was, because mm. I showed like the clip of him and I was like, yeah, he was great too. Yeah, I I was happy to see, it was one of those ones where like Melissa McCarthy and Bridesmaids, I'm really happy for the recognition and the nomination. Yeah, yes, But I yes. just never expected him to win. But I, I yeah. love that it was like, I, I don't know, I there was a part of me that was surprised to see him nominated. I was like, oh, I'm glad you all recognized him. Good. Yeah, I mean, he's he is the best supporting actor of that series, too. And, like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of heavy lifting or just, like, with his, you know, what 
his sort of arc in the, in the whole first season. But going back to Evan, too, it's like, yeah, it, it makes sense. It's like with all of the, the Ryan Murphy of it all, like, I don't really recall, and I can look this up as we're talking about it, if he was ever nominated for any American Horror Story, like franchise, you know what I mean? So the yeah. fact that he's he's getting his or he's getting his as they say you know like i mm-hmm. i'm i'm excited for it i think that that's that's really great well let's see we're going to look at his awards and nominations and we're going to verify this right now well you should know that in 2004 uh he did win best breakthrough performance at the phoenix film festival for well flipping yes. adam so um just want to make sure you're aware of that he did. Let's see. Let's see. No, this is. I mean, other than he was nominated for like a Young Artist Award and a no, yeah, no that's I'm scrolling for, that's through for as well. Sleepover. Yeah. Oh my God, he was nominated for Sleepover. <laughs> um, yeah, Satellite <laughs> Awards, Fangoria Critics Choice. But yeah, uh, this is his first major awards nomination, and uh, and he won. And I think, like, in a lot of ways too, like in the American Horror Story franchise, like he's, he's kind of like the eye candy, but like people sleep on him because he's like cute and mm-hmm. like hot. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, but he's always doing how many that we were having this conversation the other day on a walk with Jamie and Keon, like, cause Jamie's always confused on my, what I will and what I won't watch with horror movies. Like I've seen, the first two seasons for sure of American horror story. And she's like, see, that's crazy to me because they're so scary. And I'm like, I know. And I, I watched it. I don't know. And then like, but I won't watch. I mean, I refuse to watch Texas chainsaw. I just, I just can't, I want to, but I can't, I don't think I'd ever recover. It's much scarier. Yeah. Is it scarier than hereditary though? Yes. I know it's a different. Okay. Okay. (laughs) You said yes. yes without even hesitating. Okay. Yeah, it's way scarier, like way more just jarring and raw and intense uh, than Hereditary. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is is really like the Mount Kilimanjaro of movies. If you don't like horror movies, it's like, well, it's like, well, yeah, you that wouldn't be one to even attempt. It would be so, you know what I mean? Like, that's not crazy for you to not want to see that. Sure. Versus like even being able to watch Silence of the Lambs. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, that's a little... Yeah, Easier. Silence of the Lambs yeah. was like nothing, I guess. But how many, did, what seasons of American Horror Story have you watched, if any? I the I started with I watched the second one, Asylum. I watched. That I was love the first Asylum. one I saw. I love. I loved it. I was yes. so. It's my favorite it. season, even though I've only yeah. seen like three of them. I watched. Yeah, but go on. It, that one I was really impressed. I think I started watching Coven and I fell out of it, and then I never Same. watched any others. Actually, I think I went back and I watched Murder House, but I. Have no memory of it. I don't think I really got into it. Oh, Connie Britton. Yeah, um, I, I I think I watched half of um, Coven, and I also watched half of Freak Show as well too. And I think I turned I tu- I turned it off right after Jessica Lange did a cover of a Lana Del Rey song. I was like, I don't need this in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, you got to know when to pull the plug. No offense yeah. to Alana or Jessica. I was just like, uh, or Alana. I'm thinking like Broad City. Lana right. Del Rey. Uh, it, it it was just like I. I I don't know what's happening here. I'm I'm kind of done. Yeah, um, I think that's yeah. So, yeah. Uh, this is all to say, Evan Peters. Evan Peters, good job. Good job, Evan Peters. Uh, I I see that coming up, he's going to be in a Netflix miniseries about Jeffrey Dahmer because we need we need more movies and TV shows about Princess Diana and Jeffrey Dahmer. Apparently. Oh my gosh. I, Whoa. Okay. We have to talk about 
um what's the movie with uh Kristen Stewart playing Diana? It's called like her her maiden name. Spencer. Yes, 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 yes. There's Spencer. There was the one Naomi Watts was in a few years ago. There's yes, the Crown. I remember that. And Diana the Musical. I do not understand. Diana the Musical. Oh my god. I do not understand. Like what what's left? I know they were talking about this on The Bald and the Beautiful. It's like, what is there left to tell about this one? I think Katya said, you chased her into the tunnel and killed her. Leave her alone. Like, exactly. And Katya's like, even I played her. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, right? (laughs) Like, we have, have, you know, we've covered this topic from every angle possible. I don't, I don't understand it. But even more so, I do not understand why we are continuing to make movies and shows like telling the Jeffrey Dahmer story. I, I, like... I know true, that crime true crime is hot. It's I hot. Know. It'll never go away. People will always be obsessed with murderers and people who are being murdered. And I, you know, that's my TED talk there. I'm like, why? Why? Yeah. It's it's a weird, it's, a, it's an interesting thing when you think about that of like, this is, this is an unironic obsession. This is our entertainment. I'm like, yeah. go watch Hacks. Right? Go watch yeah. Hacks. Go for a walk in the park. Buy a hat. That's my lip sync yeah. on TikTok. <laughs> 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 that Liza Minnelli interview. You got to watch it. It's good. Um, oh, it's, I have it's, seen that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's yes. Uh, it's uh, it's just interesting. I and, and that, that's another tangent. We'll save it for another day. But sure. Um, yeah. I mean, back to uh, back to the Mayor. Emmys. Back yeah, to so, Mayor. Um, I am obviously yeah. So Evan Peters won. Julian Nicholson won. Thrilled, 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 thrilled. I have to say, I I was relieved shocked and thrilled that kate winslet won as mayor sheehan i yeah a mix uh, of emotions I, there yeah i really expected anya taylor joy to take it i thought you know or maybe even elizabeth olsen i just and and i love mayor of east town as a series but again i in, in some ways i'm most excited for kate winslet to get recognized as actress because this was just such a phenomenal performance Ugh, i i think the one thing that in terms of acting, I felt like Michaela Cole is amazing. But if we're going to say, okay, well, what's the achievement? Is it transformation? Kate Winslet transformed into another person. You know what I mean? Whereas Michaela Cole plays a variation of her own self, you know, in a way, if you want to look at it that way, you know? Yeah, there's something about, because I was having very similar opinions and feelings of what could happen in that category, but it wasn't until, like, I saw her sitting there, (laughs) because that table was, like, in such an awkward position. You know how they were, like, kind of look, Kate was always, Uh like, looking at everyone. I I was like, I think she's got it. There's this, like, famous story that Kristen Chenoweth, uh, the night that she won her Emmy for Pushing Daisies, which is such a crazy thing that happened. Not that she isn't talented or deserved it. I just, like, thought that was, like, wow, you, you won an Emmy. Um, it like she walked into the she was with her friend and she walked into the ceremony and her friend like as soon as they were there she's like I think you're gonna win tonight and she ended up winning it's just like that's Ugh. how I felt about Kate's with Mayor of Easttown it's like of course it's worthy and like I, I kind of of course wanted it like you said shocked relieved and I forget the third feeling um, you felt but um i'm sure i was excited at some point yeah gassy um, who knows <laughs> yeah who knows you know what that, who knows but i it's certainly a positive emotion yeah sure i um yeah I, I it was great i think that was the that was the acknowledgement that i was hoping for i was like great perfect kate won i just needed that to happen but you know what queen's gambit you can have best series how does that sound yes uh like you, know? you said i think you said it in the group text it's just or like we both felt the same way like okay we're fine with this we got yeah. what we needed yeah right this'll this'll do um 
The other win that, I mean, I wasn't surprised to see RuPaul win, but there was that moment with like RuPaul and Michelle and Simone and Gottmik from season 13 on stage. And I was like, oh yeah, I forget because I'm so in the context of RuPaul's Drag Race, how meaningful this is that there's RuPaul, Michelle Visage, Gottmik and Simone at the Emmys right now. Like, Like, this is, this is different. And I was very proud and I was very like, ugh. Look at you guys. You know, as much as we can nitpick these people in this show, uh, you know, it, when you pull back, it really is significant that we have, like, those are people winning an Emmy right now, you know? And there's really no end in sight as far as, like, the streak, you know what I mean? Like, what is it going to take to take down RuPaul's Drag Race? And I say that, like, not take down, but, like, to, you know, because it's for a while it was, like, The Voice, and for a mm-hmm. while it was The uh, the Amazing Race, you know, there right. seemed to be these, like, five or six-year trends. It's like, what what is going to come out that, or, you know, what what's going to be tossed in there? But uh, I'm, I'm certainly glad. I'm certainly glad to see it. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it, it does, because RuPaul is now the... Uh, this, this person of color has the most Emmys. Um, yeah, the most decorated. Most yeah, decorated it's... person of color in Emmys history. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's interesting, yeah, because this year, you know, Debbie Allen had the special sort of governor's award and RuPaul, you know, has the most uh, Emmys. And there were uh, so many nominations of people of color. And then, yes, it was Emmy So White. And I, it's tough. I think that that is such a complex conversation because I don't want someone to win an Emmy just because of the color of their skin. And yeah, and this is like, and I'm not. I don't know. Like, we started this conversation about how the Emmys are. It's not all just a meritocracy, and it is about campaigning, and it is about politics, and certainly race weaves into all of that. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I guess, like I was reading, I think it was Vanity Fair, and there was just like they were talking about this, and there was such a tone of disappointment, and there was even a line of like. Well, I guess, like, you know, some of the awards that were worth celebrating were, well, you know, RuPaul. And it was like, well, I don't know if we have to go there of, like, oh, well, Gene Smart wasn't worth celebrating. You know what I mean? There's a... Sure, sure. I am I, I am all for, you know, yes, diversity at the Emmys in who wins and who's nominated, who's recognized, you know, in, in the opportunities that are even created from the start to be recognized, which I think Viola Davis talked about in that speech, like... You know, the one thing standing between a woman of color and anybody else is opportunity. And I fully see that. I think there's corrective ways of diversifying what who who and what gets recognized at the Emmys um, and who wins and whatnot. But I think to go to the point of view of like, we just need to have more diverse winners and that's all that really matters it doesn't really matter anything other than that we have more diverse winners I don't think that's the solution either I think that's a band-aid yeah I, I it's of course a nuanced and complex conversation like you were saying it's like I think of you know um Jodie Comer beating Sandra Oh for killing Eve I think of mm-hmm. you know out of all the years the scandal was on like why couldn't Carrie Washington win one of those years I think of Michael K. Williams this year or maybe Bowen Yang winning for for Best Supporting Actor too like it's all it's hard it is so hard but also it's like then you think of you know we were we were thrilled with the Schitt's Creek like sweep last year and they're all white people and then like the crown wins and like Tobias Menzies 
shouldn't have won. It's like it could have been Michael K. Williams easily, mm-hmm. easily. Right. Um, and I guess, and, yeah, from, go on. And from that point of view, there's that part of me that thinks like, sh- is the conversation that Tobias Menzies shouldn't have won because it wasn't much of an accomplishment of a role, or is the argument that Tobias Menzies shouldn't have won because he's white and we should have had a black winner this year and Michael K. Williams died, and that's why he should have sure. won. Because I don't think that's why he should win either. I don't think that's why Chadwick yeah. Boseman should have won the Oscar. And when people came for Anthony Hopkins, my little queen, my little pumpkin, I was like, that's not his fault. I know. I know. I, oof. I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, just... you, pre- you present a good point. It's, it's, it's never, you know, I always think back to, you know, the <laughs> again with Drag Race, uh, All-Stars 4 with, uh, you know, Money Exchange and Trinity. It's just like Trinity should have won and that should have been it. But at the same time, mm-hmm. there was so much backlash from the fandom that they made like, in my mind, they made like a snap decision to have it be a tie. So there and, was a, yeah. a white person and a person of color to to win the crown and to sort of. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's tough. It's tough. It is. I think it's you know. I think just kind of choosing a a blanket way of solving quote unquote solving the issue of like, well, what we'll do is we'll just make sure that you know, next year that, you know, regardless of, of anything that we have, you know, 75% of the winners are people of color. To me, I feel like the visual of that is wonderful, but like, I think whatever you, let's take race out of it. Let's put sexuality just because it's a little less charged. And, you know, as white people, I'd rather just speak to being gay. Um, I don't want a bunch of people to win awards just because they're gay. Cause that means you didn't really care what they did. You just care about showing that you're giving awards to gay people. Sure. You know what I mean? And and that's the other thing is like when we say, oh, we want more diversity in the winners is, you know, are the Emmy voters doing that because it reflects well on the Emmys or are they doing it because it's like, you know, just recognizing other performances and other people that aren't normally getting recognized, you know, like what's the intention of it, you know? Um, yeah. And I and at the end of the day, I mean, sure, these awards are not always a meritocracy, but it shouldn't also be like a like a patronizing award for like well you know i mean oh were you good in that i just knew that you were you know not straight and white so i had to give you this award like that shouldn't be how we approach it either you know yeah and i i think and as the great sydney ellen wade said in the american president i'm gonna fumble with this um Mm. but i think another it's like you think of shows like um Okay, I'm going to say I May Destroy You and Lovecraft Country because there mm-hmm. were a lot of people of color nominated in both. Oh, it's for acting. We'll just, we'll just talk about acting. And it's like those shows are already kind of at a disadvantage because of that they're like a predominantly uh, like a cast of people of color. So they don't get that. Like Viola was saying, it's like the opportunity. They don't get the buzz. They don't get this because of for whatever reason but the obvious reason that i'm not saying is it because there it's a cast with like that it's entirely made up of people of color and you know no, i don't i want to i don't want to be hyperbolic and say that no one ever heard of i may destroy you but if you you know if you poll 100 people odds are they probably heard of the crown and they've heard of ted lasso and that's how mm-hmm. it's just going to be and it is it's not it's like it's like you've you're already fighting that uphill battle, I guess. So the odds of something really being you know culturally relevant enough to uh, you know like and it's or, or you have to be 
an A-list superstar like Viola Davis to just like be an Oscar winner and then come in and get, you know, also win an Emmy for How to Get Away with Murder because you're Viola Davis. It's like there mm-hmm. has to be so much. Um, it's like you have to put in so much work to get to these. This is where I'm starting to fumble. It's like I think of people on Lovecraft Country who could be, and you know, I, I don't know anything about that show, and it seems it's like a sci-fi show or something like that. I saw aliens, but I'm, I'm interested. You know what I mean? Like I see mm-hmm. all the people on that and they could be giving performances that we don't even know about because we haven't, we haven't even watched it. You and I, right. we haven't and even I, given yeah. it a chance. Yeah. We, and, and I think there's, I think that's where it starts. Yeah. It's, it's the consumption. It's like what, what's in our media diet. And most of the time, at least for you and I, because we're white, it's going to be white people. It is. Yep. And, and, and there's something you know, we both know that, you know, to some level. And it's it's such a I want like a Hollywood like roundtable <laughs> about this. You know right. what I mean? Um, I mean, I think it, it's very true. And I think certainly nowadays, I mean, I can see it in myself, you know, instead of indicting anybody else. I can see in myself that like if I'm reading a synopsis of a movie, there are certain stories where I'm like, OK, I'm in. I'm excited. And yes. then there are certain stories where I'm like, oh, OK, I don't identify with that right away. And I'm like, here's a great example. And like, you know, keeping context, folks, I'm aware that maybe I've ma- I made decisions that were, <laughs> I know were maybe a little not harmful, but like not thinking through it. So like, I don't need to be read on Twitter for this, but like there was on, I think it was on Amazon or HBO, there was a series called Small Axe that I think John Boyega John was getting Boyega, a lot of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then w- I was like, oh God, what is this? And it's like four different movies and um, and it's all about, oh, I think it's Trinidadian or West Indies um, immigrants in London okay. in the 80s. And and did I read that and go, oh, yeah, that's what I want. That, I can't wait to find out that story. No, I didn't because I don't mm-hmm. immediately identify with it. And so you have to take the extra step of saying, hmm, I should expand my point of view. I should listen to a different story. I should mm-hmm. see what that's about. Maybe I do identify with that more than I think, you know? Yeah. Um, you have to take that extra step versus mayor of Easttown. Oh, here's a bunch of white people on the East Coast of the United States dealing with like a suburban you know, situation. Murder. Done. Locked in. Murder. Like, <laughs> yes. murder, right. Like, oh, and it's all like, murder, you know. Murder. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it. I think what you have to ask for of people is to take those extra steps to watch or pay attention to or give their energy towards something that they don't immediately gravitate towards. You know, like, I think Minari is a great example of like, yes. oh, actually, this is a very universal story, but if you just read the synopsis, some average, you know, white person would be like, oh, I don't, how am I going to like, how am I going to stay intrigued by this story for 90 minutes or whatever? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I think there is that extra leap. And, and again, then, you know, who's watching, who's voting, who's promoting, whose voices are being paid attention to, you know, are those people, if they are having that experience of, Oh, I don't know if that's something I'd be excited about. Are they taking that extra leap? You know? Yeah. Like I, I can't remember it's like if I was to ask, you know, myself, but also you to like, what, what drama or what comedy that was, you know, it predominantly has a cast of people of color has ever, like, do you, do you remember like that has won an Emmy for like best comedy or best drama in the past X amount of years? You know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah. 
and I can't even think of what those examples would be. Yeah, because right? like, they're they're just not there. And it, and I'm I'm not right. singling out you or myself too. It's just like it's just like this is the conversation. It's like the the stories need to be told. Like it, thinking back to Michaela Cole, and like you know writing the stories that scare you, and like how much I you know there are obviously shows that are that fit under that category but are they being produced are they being you know um marketed to us in, in a way that like you know will you know i i heard about mayor of east town because all my white friends were talking about it like that's what right. it was it's like that's right. that's 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 all that it was <laughs> and yeah it, it really and, and sometimes it becomes something where if that is your kind of sphere of influence where it 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 takes someone kind of being like, hey, I don't know, you know, you really, you should watch I May Destroy You. And I felt like that was the other thing of like, when I would recommend it to people, I felt like I had to kind of almost pull a sort of pseudo hacks protocol of like, this is really important television. You should watch this. And yeah. I don't, I think that you, I don't think you can pull that too often. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can't make every email urgent. And I also don't think that like, we have to, triage every story that isn't about like everyday you know uh privileged white people and go you know yes it i may destroy you is an important show and an important story but can't it just also be a great show and a great story like can't we just celebrate like we don't say mayor of east town's important you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. you, yeah. you put it in the special interest category of like, well, the only reason I'm watching is because the story is important, or there's a sort of vague virtue signaling of like, oh yeah, I watched it, may destroy you, and I appreciated it. It it signals that I appreciate stories about sexual assault and women of color and blah blah blah. You know, like there's a there's an implication that people are watching it for the brownie points more than because they actually enjoyed it. Yes. Does that make sense? No, yeah. I get it. I do get that, and I. Yeah, I, I, I just at the I'm, I'm there's so many things going through my head right now too. But at the end of the day, it's like I, I just want more. I, I think I need to be like I was on Netflix today and I was looking and there are there is there is a category that says, um, I think it's strong black leads and I, I could be fumbling with the, you know, the wording of that. But I think that's what it said too. And there were like a whole slew of shows. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's on my list. That's on my list. But am I going to watch it? Right. Probably not. And, right. and, and, and I, I don't know what that means. I mean, I know what it means and I don't know what it means all at the same time too. Cause it's like, you know, I, I started watching Atlanta. Um, I think like probably about yeah. five or six months ago. And I was like, this show is great. And I think of the shows like Insecure and a black lady sketch show. And I'm like, yes, I, that's what I, and there's like the, uh, as far as like those brownie points you're talking about too, it's like, look at all the good I do because I watch uh -huh. these shows and you don't. And like, oh, you're still watching like reruns of the office. What an idiot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's, right. it's that, it's that conversation. But like, you know, I'm also like, I often think like if I had to like write an article or if I like wrote for Vulture or something like that, you'd be exposed to so many more, you know, it's like all of the stuff that you're bringing to me and that I bring to you, like with the film noir and all these actresses and stuff like that. It's like, I'm, I'm always interested and open to great performances and great television, but there's always that sort of divide and at the same time too, of what interests me or what I'm immediately drawn to or what I'm told both by my friends or family or whatever happens to be um, to watch and what pops up on my Netflix queue. You know, that's a mm -hmm. curated algorithm as well too, that it's, yeah, 
I don't know. I feel like we could. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we could. We could go on forever. And I'm. I'm enjoying this conversation. I think it's like it's important and relevant, and 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 it's it's the future of like what could possibly be, um, considered awards worthy. And I put that in quotes too because you know there's there's so much out there that's awards worthy. Right, and I think that brings me back, makes me think of Hacks again, and it makes me think yeah. of, like, Carl Clemens Hopkins. Is that his name where, you know... Yeah, Carl their Clemens name, Hopkins, Excuse yeah. me. Uh, where, where, you know, they created that opportunity and that role, and they either specifically... I probably think it seems like from the script specifically made this, you know, a, a black gay man in the show. This wasn't like, oh, it could be anybody. Oh, it's, you know what I mean? Like, they created that opportunity. They created that story. They they cast that person in that show like mm-hmm. and there was that thoughtfulness of that you know like i feel like again in hacks there's a, a thoughtfulness of you know uh whose stories are we telling what kind of casting is there in the supporting cast etc um and that to me feels like the future because i to me like that i guess is even more exciting is when it gets to the point where it's like it's the norm versus like, well, this is the black show. You know what I mean? Where yes, yeah, sure. You know, I, I, I love when it's just like, yeah, it's just a naturally diverse cast, much like the world. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, show and where there's sort of an integration, and I think that's maybe even more effective in some ways because you, I don't know, it's it's I hate to say this, but it's like when parents hide their veg hide hide vegetables in their kids' food. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah, just yeah. like, well, I gotta try to get him to eat his broccoli, so I'm having these broccoli fries, you know? And I think there is some of that too, to get people to diversify what they watch. Sometimes you have to like fold it into what you know they will watch. Yeah, exactly. And at the same like all in the same sentence, like do we still need shows like Blackish or Nora from Queens or uh, mm-hmm. Rami? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. The answer mm-hmm. is always a resounding yes. I think of like in theater too, like uh, shows like like Next to Normal could be an all black family or an all Asian mm-hmm. family or a mixed family. It doesn't matter because the story is the story. But at the same time, if producers are producing a musical or a play or whatever it happens to be, they're going to pay attention to that. Like it right. might not sell as good if we put if we do it this way or X Y Z and it's fucked up and shitty and I I wish it was different and I hope it um it someday will be. Yeah, I mean that is certainly as Broadway opens up again and you know there there's certainly revivals of shows that are kind of a sure hit and shows they're bringing back like Book of Mormon but like there's a lot of black theater and you know a lot of of black stories and shows on broadway now that are mm-hmm. going to be opening and uh, you know we've talked about this in the uh, a bit in the past but it really is that question of like okay this is what we want to see and are people going to come see it you know like is because yeah. I, I was talking about, about it is i was talking about this with someone um and he said there was a theater like you know the st louis rep or something like that like a major theater and they you know, made a, a concerted effort to have a whole, I don't remember all the details, but it was like a, you know, their season was all going to be, you know, diverse voices or whatever the case may be. They were, they were taking that agenda, you know, and, and putting it into practice. And I'm not saying that this is right or wrong, but what happened, I mean, it's not good, but like the theater shut down, they ran out of Whoa. money and they're closed now. And I don't think that's an, I, I don't think we should act like that's an isolated incident. I think we should look at that as like, a reality because we know that theater 
can be an old white person's business. And so yeah. let's not act like that's any can different be, now. Is. Can yeah, be is. Can be is, right? So let's not act like that's any different just because you're changing the shows that you're putting up. And um, and I think that is. that's I think that's the resounding issue is we and so many people can have these conversations, but then there is that uncomfortable conversation of like, what will, as RuPaul likes to say, Betty and Joe Beer can, what will they spend their money on? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean the the money like the people who spend money i mean look at the superhero movies 18 to 24 year old boys what will they spend their money on yes. these are the markets they don't care about you know gay men in their 30s they don't care what we want <laughs> yes i know we have money but Maybe not, we not should that much start money. our own network that's what it is that's what right. it is we need yeah. to call race witherspoon and she sold her like uh, her own like studio for like a bajillion dollars it was like crazy but yeah it's on, like it, it's it's the you know the old i almost said the old adage and i don't know if it classifies under an adage but like if, if you don't see it being made write it direct mm-hmm. it produce it right right it. yeah and that and that in alone is, is a huge you know call to action for anyone or from any walk of life too but it, it's Hopefully that you you eventually you get to the point where you can produce an I may destroy you or a Rami or or something like that and and it gets to the point where it can you know other people can see it and it is it's like like you said before like hiding hiding the broccoli and the, and the food too but I it's like there are certain audiences and certain demographics that need to be spoon fed this like little bits at a time because sometimes it's too much which is crazy to me because you should always want to wanting you should want to see different stories and uh yeah. different perspectives and you know and and to just i don't know but at the same time it's uh you know i've been wanting to watch insecure for months now and i haven't pulled the trigger so there's that right i mean yeah. i i think that's a i mean there's there's no answer to that maybe that's just like where this lands it's like and then i watched the first season of insecure years ago and i loved it and i thought oh i should keep watching this and i never do So what's that about? And like, what doesn't interest me about like a single woman in like her thirties, you know, dating and dealing with life in, in LA and, you know, in, in the now times, what about that isn't exciting to me? Yeah. If that was Annie, if that was Annie Murphy, would we watch that in a heartbeat? I was just going to say, yeah. Um, yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Exactly. Exactly. Like shrill. Sure. I'll watch that. Sure. It's something worth examining, you know? Um, yeah. Or questioning, or just maybe not spending so much time thinking about it, and just saying, "Well, then, fine. I'm gonna fucking watch season two of Insecure." You know, like <laughs> yes. sometimes you just do it. You know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I I, uh, I I think we've spun into the conversations I wanted to have about the Emmys because I'd love to. You know, we've celebrated all the wins, but I'm glad we also talked about like we did the Seth Rogen. Yeah. Yeah, I love that we that we went there. Yeah. Yeah. We're so Seth Rogen. That's literally what we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're Conan. We're Seth Rogen. We're, yes. we're groundbreaking. We're Brett Goldstein cursing. Ugh. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're also getting played off. I don't know if you know that. So uh, I heard it. I heard it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought you could. Uh, so where can folks find more of you? I was going to say, can you turn that off, the music? <laughs> <laughs> How annoying. He didn't say that, but that's what that's what he did say. That's what it time. was. He pawed his I'm hand. a man yeah. speaking. Anyway, yes. uh, they can find more of me on <laughs> my other podcast, The Good Vanilla, which comes out every Thursday. And uh, they can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nick Kachanov. How about you? 
Well, you can find more of me on my other two podcasts in the details, which is back, back and better than ever. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, and there'll be another episode this week. I'm on the, I'm on it. Um, you can also find me on All Right Mary, talking about Drag Race and Dragula and drag stuff. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us on Twitter in a best supporting capacity at BSA Pod. Or you can send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com. Well, I'm looking out in that crowd and the peeled peepers looking back at me. Oh, I'm so pleased. Keep them peeled because uh, <laughs> Best Sporting After School Show is coming out on Friday. And we have a lot to catch up on. And we if do. I told you what that was, you wouldn't listen. So I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> that, as they say, is that. 